Why do people need to get messed up whenever they go to a celebration or bar? Not everyone, but why do some people get hammered? And why do those environments have so many people that are on drugs and alcohol? Look, I'm sober for over 19 years. I've worked in treatment for over 18. And if someone like me has a hard time being in that environment, then other people would have a very difficult time being in that environment or saying no. Because when you're around so many people who are all on drugs, you kind of get the fuckets and are like, why not? So I wanted to make sure that I talked about this today so that other people would realize that when someone of my like myself struggles, that it's pretty common to struggle. Definitely. So Mike, we're talking about going out to parties, clubs, getting drunk, drugs, mm -hmm. just asking you and just be very honest with me. Mm -hmm. Can you see yourself living the rest of your life, uh -huh. the rest of your life sober? Yeah. Yeah. I can. Nice. So I just got back in town and I realized there was something I wanted to talk about that I think is important as we're all getting out there and reconnecting with the world. And so I brought my program manager over at Cast Center, Samson, who many of you have seen on my social media, and also Tony Directs, who films content with me, and he's going to be one of the biggest fucking actors on the planet one day. So... um. I just, you know, I just got back from Gay Pride in New York, but I went there to go on the Breakfast Club and also to speak at an event. And man, I just did not realize um, what Pride tends to be about, you know? What do you expect going into it? Well, I went out there because I spoke at like the sober event for gay men. And I had, had agreed to do it the previous year I did over Zoom. And so this year was the first time in person. So it's the first event that I've gone and spoke at. And so I was really excited and it went amazing. And the day before that, I went on the breakfast club and I had like all this excitement and momentum. I was going to bed at like 10, 1030 at night. <laughs> then that Friday, I went to a party that was really hard to get into. Like I had to like go through someone to get to someone to get to someone. The event was sold out. I mean, the name of it's ridiculous. What is it called? Horse Meat Disco. Oh. Horse Meat Disco? And it's an hour outside of Manhattan. And the party was from 5 to 10. So I figured, okay, it's at 5 p.m. People can't be that messed up. Like people maybe are drinking a little bit. So that morning I spoke at a sober event where people are talking about insecurities, mm. depression, wanting to feel a part of, you know, I had someone who came on stage with me who was shaking because he had so much social anxiety and I was able to have a breakthrough with him. And I did a book signing afterwards. And then, you know, I texted you guys ahead of time before I went to the party. I think I even asked, I FaceTime with you, Samson. I was like, does this work, this outfit that I'm wearing? <laughs> you know, I, I had these really colorful shorts that uh, I got in Rio 
and I was the, the, from this brand called Osklin and I was really excited and I was going with my buddy Neil and it was not what I expected. I mean, horse meat disco. Sounds like a, it sounds like a cool name, but sounds like a punk band <laughs> from Connecticut. <laughs> well, how was it? Like as soon as you get there, like what was the vibe? Well, I think parties are interesting in general, mm. depending on what type of party you go to. I find, uh, and, and I think it's ironic, this whole idea of gay pride and we're all partying and so, there's no like, none of these parties have anything to do with celebrating coming out or being proud of being gay. They're excuses to get loaded. I'm talking like train wreck loaded. So I thought because I don't go out that much, except I'll go to like after hours clubs when I'm traveling and they're kind of like, you know, there's some entertainment. This party was an hour outside Manhattan and all it was, was like an outdoor warehouse space with a DJ. And I kid you not, 99.95% of the people were on drugs. God damn. But hardcore drugs. And they were doing it way in the open. I mean, there was nothing stopping it. So they all had their keys out. They're all doing bumps of crystal meth and coke. You know, someone finally came up to me. Everyone's so, you know, out of it there that someone finally came up to me and was like, your shorts are so cool. And he was handsome. He was a good looking guy. I was like, oh, thanks. And he goes, you know, I'm on uh, ecstasy right now. So these shorts are everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm so high. And then in my head, I'm like, how do I avoid this conversation? Yeah, the person who's high, who likes to talk about how high they are, is like, that, yeah. that's like my least favorite persona of the high person. <laughs> There's so many others you can be. Yeah. But the one who's just talking about how high they are is like, that's like the bottom. Yeah, it's just, and I, I just thought it was interesting, like how we, as, especially with, you know, everyone's starting to go out again. Maybe there's barbecues, house parties, mm. you know, people are connecting. And, you know, why is it that people have a tendency to not want to show up as their current self? Like, why is it so important? Because the music wasn't that good. Um, and the people weren't that friendly. It's because you were sober. Well, yeah, but also people on drugs aren't friendly. Like, unless they're on ecstasy and they're having a moment of like, oh my God, let me tell you, you you're the most loving being ever. And even then that's kind of annoying because you're like, you're going to wake up tomorrow depressed because you've depleted all your dopamine. But like, they're not like, I didn't have one interesting conversation besides with my friend. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like starting to get a little like depressed <laughs> while I'm there because I was really excited to go to this party. Then I realized everyone at this party was just cracked out, mm. like cracked out. Like when I tell you, it looked like some of these people had been up for days. There were people just dancing on boxes, hitting poppers. Oh my goodness. Which is just so random. It, it was sloppy. It was so sloppy, but like I even looked the next day and a lot of these people were like, that was the fiercest party. That was so great. And I, and I wonder like, because for me, if I go to something and I leave, 
right? Let's say a party, any party, 4th of July, Christmas. It's like, what actually makes it great? Mm. If, if you're choosing not to get loaded, like what are actually the qualities of something being a good experience? If a lot of people there aren't sober and there aren't a lot of environments, at least party wise, like celebration wise, that I find I can have conversations without a little bit of anxiety because I find when people are on drugs and alcohol, there's a little bit of fight or flight in me. Not that I'm gonna get loaded, but just more like, is that person gonna touch me inappropriately? Is that person gonna fall into me? Is that person who's staring at me, like, do they like me or are they staring at me because they don't like me? You know, it's, it's a very weird place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny because it's the context, right? You're, you're, it's weirder not to be intoxicated in a setting like that. Yeah. And then when you walk into a setting like that, as someone who is sober, you're super aware of everything. And you're looking at it from a completely different lens, you know? So it's not like you went to a, like a dinner where some people were drinking. You went to horse meat disco, yeah. you know, where it's like the full extreme and where you were like one of the only people who were probably sober. Yeah. Which is crazy at 5 PM. And there's, I bet you there was like three, 4,000 people there. It sold out in a day and it made me go, why would a party like this sell out so quick? I'm surprised you went that late. At 5 p.m.? Yeah. That's late for you? <laughs> Dude, I'm calling, Not 5 it, I'm calling it. Oh, no, 5, 5, oh, 5 p.m. Yeah. But even then, it's like, I'm just like, people are, to go to something like that, and you know people are going to be like lit. Yeah, but you went to a, a pride party uh, that your partner was hosting recently. Well, it, was, it wasn't a pride party, but it was definitely just like a, a, just an event because event, now bars yeah. are open. Yeah, but it was an event. Yeah. But people weren't like this. No. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, it's crazy the fact that people are are out there like rolling on drugs at 5 p.m. There's a weird thing that happens in the gay world where like for men, where a lot of the men who work out a lot, take care of themselves and a lot have a lot of success all migrate to these parties and just get they do GHB, ecstasy, ketamine. And I, I, honestly, I was like naive. I thought I was going to, that two days later, I went to a bear event and they were like really friendly and no one was on drugs. And yeah. like, it was pretty normal for the most part. I mean, but like, I, I just came to realize that like that same feeling I had when I was using where I felt, lo- I felt lonely even on drugs in those environments. And then I also felt lonely, <laughs> not on drugs in that environment. And I think it, it speaks to finding your own like tribe of people and community mm-hmm. because like I went there with, honestly, I thought I was going to have some interesting conversations with people. I was like, Oh, I'll get to yeah, know you tell me. some new people. Maybe we follow each other on Instagram or TikTok or like maybe there's some sober people I know that are going I I definitely chose the wrong party. And then the following night, there was another party at night that my buddy Neil had bought tickets for. And I, uh, I told him I didn't want to go. So I didn't go. 
And I went to bed at 1030 at night. Can I ask you something? Mm. Do you think drugs are highly influenced? Drugs and alcohol are highly influenced in the LGBTQ community? Yeah. Why? I think that there's a, uh, an acceptance. Like, if you're with two guys in New York, and let's say it's during the day, and they have partied the night before, and they, it's all, it's just, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know totally why. The only thing, thing I can think of is when we come out, the first place we go is bars and clubs, whereas straight people don't do that. Mm. But then again, I think it has to do with like parties, right? Because 4th of July or weddings, the fact that someone would want to get so ripped on a wedding not to remember their friend's wedding is kind of odd. Yeah, it's, it. you know, drinking and doing drugs have been like associated with celebrations forever, I feel like, yeah. you know? And it's almost... It's almost like you don't want to be the guy who shows up to the Halloween party not in a costume or, or the dude in the pool with a t-shirt on, you know? Because yeah. it's like weird. You, you, you feel like there's more attention if, you know, you're in that setting and you're not a part of it, you know? And it's also, like you said, all these successful people who take care of themselves going to that party you went to, part of it might be a way to kind of escape that very, you know, routine or the yeah. kind of like day-to-day that they they get to kind of just like, break free from that. Yeah. So, but you were in a situation where there was like a lot of people and a lot of parties are like this too. Like, I love that you say a wedding because the wedding, it's like, oh, is there an open bar? First thing, <laughs> first thing that a lot of my friends and I, I've even used to think about when I was drinking, right? Like, oh, is there an open bar? Right. You know? And, and liquors, exp- I, I went to dinner the other <laughs> yeah. day and uh, there's this woman named Heather McDonald and she's like a comedian and I went to dinner with her because she wanted to go to a place called the bungalows. And I went with her and two other people. She didn't order much alcohol, but one of the other people did. I, I couldn't even believe how expensive crushed grapes are. Like <laughs> they literally would order wine and some, I think some of the glasses were like $40 and I'm like, this is the most ridiculous marketing. I could get a filet for $40. I think I'm just so out of that world that I'm like, uh, and we all have vices, but it's interesting. And maybe too, it's because everyone's getting back to, like I said, I spoke at my first event. This was the first party that I'd been to uh, in the last year and a half. And I'm used to going to parties. Like I'll go to Brazil. I'll go to this place called The Week. It's an after-hours party, and I'll go at two or three a.m. and we'll um, meet some friends and we'll dance. And it doesn't bother me that some of the people may be partying. This environment during the day, it was like upsetting. It's grim. <laughs> it's grim. Yeah. The sun's still out. Yeah, I think too because I had this expectation. It's so fun. Like I couldn't figure out my purpose for being there. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about like. Sometimes when we're uncomfortable in social settings, we have to dig into our purpose, right? We have to go, okay, why am I showing up here? And I could not figure out my purpose there. I literally felt like a loser. (laughs) I think that's probably why I I don't even go out as much. I'm telling you, I, one of the nights when you were gone, I went walking with Vita and people were already like 
shit faced drunk on the streets and you're you know you're pretty far and thank you take for house sitting oh, when i'm gone <laughs> i know it's a horrible place to house uh, no for, so no it's it's a beautiful very place. tough here never it's just it's crazy how many people were already drunk at 9 p.m walking to the bars i'm like it's like i don't i don't understand like why people have to get fucked up to well, go it's, out. it's interesting because everyone has a different relationship to alcohol like even me to, to drugs and alcohol mike to drugs and alcohol and you to drugs and alcohol where all three of us don't really don't drink or anything right now but we all have a different relationship to it but only like one in ten people have a problem with drugs and alcohol like a mm -hmm. severe addiction but there's like all these different ranges you know there's people who drink a lot more than an alcoholic sometimes and have no problem but it's it's interesting because like tony because you don't you never really drank or did drugs, right? So, uh, it, I, when I was growing up, yeah. Like like I, I think I sometimes think I grew up too fast. I had two older brothers. As soon as my, my brother went to UCSB, uh, I was 16 and I was going to college parties when I was 16 years old. I was going to parties with, when I was 15. So I think I grew up a little fast. So I think that's why I don't drink as much. I don't drink at all now, nor do I definitely don't do drugs. Uh, which I think we talked about in a previous one where the, I don't do drugs for a reason because I got so twisted off one day that it just left me on a path of like never wanting to do drugs again. She had a really bad experience. Yeah. For me, it's like, I just like them too much. I like them more than my mom. <laughs> like them more than my job. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, it's either just the drugs and alcohol and nothing else or everything else except for drugs and, and alcohol. And the other crazy thing too is even being on drugs and alcohol, those people I was around were the last people I would want to be around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That was the last, I wouldn't want to be around a bunch of cracked out people. I'd be like... This is too much. Like you're yeah. all freaks. Like, I would only do that to make myself feel better about where I was at. Or if I could score. Right. How do, how do you know? Or, I mean, you guys can tell me this. How do you know when someone has an addiction? Like how, if someone's listening to this, how do they know if they can possibly have an addiction to drugs or alcohol? Well, there's criteria. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think just generally, if you keep doing, whether it's drinking or doing drugs, in the face of consequences that are directly associated with your drinking or mm -hmm. drug use. And you, you continue that way, whether it's, you know, hurting the people you love, getting in accidents, getting arrested, things like that. You keep doing it. That's a pretty big indicator because yeah. normal people don't do that. Interesting. Cause we talked about this where I had a friend who I was taking to an event mm -hmm. and I asked my friend like, Hey, if you know, if you, if you, you know, please don't drink so that that way, you know, like it's, 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 you know, my image, this is a big event. It's a big deal. Like, you know, I want to, I want to bring you along, but just don't drink. And they had a problem with that. And I remember I told you about this and you were like, if someone has a problem with going to an event and just not drinking, that's a problem. Well, it, I mean, it depends the relationship to that person. And mm -hmm. because I also think there's people that can handle they're drinking true and there's no risk right they can have a, a few glasses of wine or drinks they can smoke a bowl they could be getting stoned every day like i have friends who party i'm mm -hmm. not anti drugs and alcohol it's just like there's a difference between the problem is a lot of people believe they can control when they don't have control mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a lot of people will make excuses you know, like, oh, it's just at night or it's just on weekends or I don't do the hard stuff or I just do it with a meal. And that's where it becomes a bit of a trap because what we do, who wants to stop doing something that they genuinely enjoy? 
But if people are going to an event and they're used to drinking, their anxiety exactly. is going to be through the roof, mm -hmm. especially, you know, if you're saying it's important to you and they're already used to having the social lubricant, which is alcohol, mm -hmm. it's pretty tough. Sure. The social anxiety is such a big piece. You know, it's, that's why alcohol is so accepted. I mean, that's why even at like, uh, and Samson, you being a therapist at cast, that's why we have our model that we do over eight weeks yeah. is because uh, there's this idea that, okay, just quit drinking or quit using drugs. But if it was that easy, everyone would do it. The mm -hmm. reality is you have to have a real comprehensive approach. You know, you need to figure out how are you still having fun in your life? How are you showing up for your health? How are you showing up in your relationships? Because anything that's off balance can ultimately lead to having those moments of going, God, I can't believe I did that. And I, even the last person I dated drank a lot, but he was really nice when he drank <laughs> and I didn't care. You know what? It's like to each their own. Yeah. But I think that's, it's, it's interesting to me that with all these holidays, you know, and it's kind of tough, right? It's like sometimes for someone who's a bit of a loner or likes to isolate, it's an excuse not to go out. Well, everyone's going to be drinking or everyone's going to be going to this dinner, right? And on the other hand, you could go out and you're like, God, these people were a mess, right? Mm -hmm. And so it becomes an excuse not to connect with others by not going to dinners or going, but I, but I still to this day find bars and clubs incredibly boring unless there's entertainment. Like you have to yell to talk to the person next to you. You have to wait in a sweaty line to get this liquid potion that just makes you slur your words and can ultimately end up in you getting arrested or doing something that you really regret. And then you're just supposed to nod your head up and down because no one really dances at those unless it's set up. So even at this horse meat disco party, I mean, hardly anyone was actually dancing. It was more that like, you know, just moving the like the shoulders. <laughs> I'm like, maybe their legs move a little bit and they're acting like the music is so good. And I'm like, was the music good? I couldn't stand it, but uh. I, I'm not a big disco guy. It was, oh, okay. I so like it was techno. disco. Yeah, like I like techno or like trance or like stuff that takes you on a journey. There was nothing magical about it. Like I was saying to my friend, at least have like ping pong mm. or like have those things where you throw a sandbag oh, at a, at a button and w get me a stuffed animal. You know, <laughs> like the fact I'm just sitting there and, and this is at any party, right? Like when that's what I'm saying, what makes a club party experience amazing? Because if you, you're not really getting to know anyone and they're not totally sober, you're really depending on the music and feeling like you got some value out of the experience. And I, I just, I mean, at least with 4th of July, there's fireworks. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, or like even St. Patrick's day, what a boring holiday. In my opinion. Pretty I much. mean, I know people are like, Oh, you know, that's the time to get smashed, but you're like, it's the same with single de Mayo. Everyone just goes out to get fucked up. Yeah, at least you get tacos, though. Yeah, that's I true. I mean, what are the Irish like giving us? <laughs> I feel like they give us nothing. 
<laughs> Can you think of any Irish food that you love? The only thing I've, I know of that has infiltrated my life is like Irish oatmeal. Mm. Then tell me some great Irish foods. I just noted their drinks from, from the back. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, but it's, it's super interesting. I think the anxiety is a big point because even when you spoke at this conference, yeah. You know, you're talking about how this person came on stage and was like super anxious, you know? And you know, the great thing about speaking at this conference was like, I could see the person, they could see me, and there was a real connection. So maybe that's what makes a party good. But it's so hard to do that in a a club setting. I know. Right? Like, that's probably the thing that makes like a party a good thing is like, if you feel like you're connecting with someone. I mean, because usually I feel like the motivation most people have in like going to a party is like being around people they know getting fucked up or, or trying to get laid. Yeah. Like I went to this party brass monkey. Where do you Sunday. find these? Are you like some <laughs> private Facebook? No, group? I basically got my buddy Neil who moved to New York, like laid out the weekend. Hmm. And I like hanging with Neil. Cause like he'll drink, but he's not like he's mellow, you know, like and it, I don't know what am I going to do? I'm there for the weekend. There's events going on. And I'm like, okay, so I go to this Brass Monkey event, which the other thing I don't understand is the bar must have been 115 degrees inside. I'm like, don't they have air conditioning in these places? But regardless, I uh, went there and I actually had some decent conversations. It was really strange, though, like a bunch of people like recognized me. Really? Yeah, it's the first time in a gate. Normally, it's like if I'm in a casino or like at an airport or Walmart, like people will be like, are you coach Mike? You're famous in casinos. I'm yeah. Like the pit bosses and the, all the dealers, you know, they watch Dr. Love Phil. That. That's but amazing. All the bears. The interesting thing is like for the first time ever, I would say I felt love from gays and they were all bears. And they were like talking the, the conversations we were having. This one guy was saying to me, he was like, look, he goes, I just think how you care. He goes, the balance of how you carry yourself. He goes, a lot of people say they march to their own beat, but you do. You're a gentle giant and the way you articulate things. And I was like, and perhaps it fed into my narcissism and that's why I had a better experience. But at least it was like, I asked him about his life and he's an attorney and like, it was just cooler. Like it's just. I felt like I could talk to people and maybe that's the reality is, is and coming full circle is now that we have the opportunity to go out and pick and choose where we go, mm-hmm. how important it is to trial and error different environments and not try to put a square peg in a round hole. If I would have gone to the party the next night, I was putting a square peg in a wrong it, in the wrong hole it's called <laughs> this party was called master beat okay i learned my lesson didn't go and went to the bear party had a great experience nice. right and so maybe that's the key is as we're now getting out there is is figuring out what is our tribe or environment where we feel more comfortable. And sometimes I think maybe it's because, and I know I'm ranting right now because I was just, this has been pent up for like six days of traveling. (laughs) So I've been thinking a lot. Maybe um, it's the opportunity is pushing ourselves to 
to go to different environments and then also like figure out how do we show up and be comfortable in our own skin and just like even for me i'm really comfortable in my own skin most of the time i was really uncomfortable in my own skin and i did have moments where i was like what's wrong with me well what's wrong with me is i'm around a bunch of people on meth and k and <laughs> drugs but at the time i i it, when you're in those environments it can become a little confusing because you're like even though everyone else is maybe drinking or on drugs or laughing or whatever if if we have moments of going uh maybe the better moment or the opportunity is going this just isn't for me instead of believing that we have to fit in mm -hmm. to shit that doesn't work right yeah definitely i mean do you do you go, have you gone to a club in the last few years oh yeah oh yeah i mean see like for me my journey in this whole thing kind of. Why are you laughing at Samson going to a club? Samson's like, Tony's oh, yeah. what type of club do you oh, picture yeah. Samson Tony's no imagining way. me no, at a club. I, That's no, why I'm laughing. I could pick, no, because the way you did it, like, oh, yeah. Like, well, oh, yeah. I like, picture Samson at a very trendy, unknown spot. <laughs> I, there, there's a club here where I can picture you going. It's called where? the Vita. It's, 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 it's a very, like, um, it's like a classier gay club. That's like it's a gay funny. club, but it's classy. I picture Samson going somewhere with like really good pretzels, <laughs> like hot pretzels. I've actually never been to a gay club. I've, when I drive by, because I have to drive through West Hollywood. Well, I think I've been to the Abbey once. Okay. Um, but I think when, when I drive by West Hollywood to get home and stuff, you know, I see like, cause they're all like outside, inside, there's no like doors, yeah. you know, I don't know yeah. how they close the place, but like I get, I'm like, wow, it's, it looks like a party in there, yeah. you know? Um, but for me, you know, I stopped drinking when I turned, when I was 18. Hmm. So at the age of 21, you know, I was going to bars, I was going to club. I didn't really like clubs. But recently have you gone? Recently. No, I'll, I'll go to bars and like with my friends and stuff like that. How long? I won't go to a club. Uh, last weekend, it was my friend's birthday. I went to a, a bar, but it's like. Were they drinking? They were drinking. Yeah, everyone okay. was drinking. So like, did you have any moments of like, why am I here? No, because I knew everyone. Mm. See, if I didn't, if I knew one person or I didn't know anyone, you know, it, it would, I would totally feel isolated. Right. But I knew everyone and they know, yeah. and they know me. So it felt very, and then the people who I didn't know was just. You know, I'm used to it, but um, a club setting, you put me in a club now, no way. I would have the same reaction as you. You could put me in the nicest club in the world. It'll feel like horse meat disco for me. hundred <laughs> percent. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm also, this is, fun. I don't know why it's coming to me, but like, I'm also confused by dancing. So <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know. Dancing. Wait, why, always, what's confusing? I don't You know, when I was a kid, I used to dance a lot, but now when I look at people dancing, I'm kind of confused by it because I'm like. I'm, and I think it's because it's probably because like I overthink sometimes, but when I'm in a setting like that, and I see a bunch of people dancing. I'm like, I'm, I like, I think I lost the part of me that like when music plays, I feel the urge to dance and I don't know why. And maybe it's something we'll have to work on together here. Not right, not right now. <laughs> you know, what's crazy. When the cameras are off. I, so can I, teach me. I love going out dancing, uh, in a club, like in a late night club with like one friend but I don't even want to see anyone else. <laughs> like we went to Beirut, my friend Ronnie and I, uh, which was kind of a trip because uh, they had this rooftop after hours party, this gay club, but you weren't allowed to take photos because it's predominantly Muslim. 
the country of Lebanon, you couldn't take photos or videos and you couldn't touch another man. So even like guys or girls, there were girls there too. You couldn't actually touch each other uh, because it was against the law. And so they would break you up, even if guys were like hugging or kissing each other, hello. But the music was amazing. The problem is I have no memories on my camera of it mm. because oh. as soon as I started recording, this guy came up to me, huge guy, and was like, you need to put that, whatever he said, you know, put it away. But I love going out dancing to like some really like in a, I'm more, I'm the guy in the corner. Mm. I'm not the one, like, I don't want to dance with strangers. It's like so uncomfortable to me. Like, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand dancing with people. And, ma and maybe it's, I don't like the sexual tension. Like if I go to a straight place, I don't like some woman thinking I'm dancing with her. And then if I go to a gay place, I just feel awkward dancing with a dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm more like, if we like each other, why don't we go get coffee? <laughs> like, isn't that a better way to get e to know each other than like how we are like moving our bodies and like, it is kind while, of vulnerable. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind God, of vulnerable. I, I, I can, I, I have you ever I, met I, someone, Tony in a bar and it started off dancing like back when you were single? Yeah. Is that a good foundation? No, never. I've never met a guy and I was like, oh my God, I want to dance with you or let's, let's dance or it started off dancing. Nah. Hell no. So maybe that's what I'm talking about. That's just about. like, I don't know. I, I, the, the party that I went to where my partner hosted, like these two big bears, you know, were like, let's go dance. And I was like, what the? Like, what? I don't, why, are we gonna, why am I going to go dance with a bunch of shirtless men? Like, yeah, I don't understand like why. Like, I get it. I'm, and so they, they pulled my partner because my partner loves to dance. And so my partner went and I'm like, well, I'm not going to let him go by himself. Like, I'm going to go with him. But I... Just dancing there, I was just like, "What? I don't." What was going through your brain as your? What song was playing? Do you remember? That's it. That's was, what I was it? Def, it was probably something that you would vibe to more, like techno EDM. Okay, and it, so so you decided you're like, I'm not. He's not going to dance alone with these two bears. Yeah. And then when you got to the dance floor, as you're walking there, is there a little bit of like, what am I going to do here? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, what, what am I going to do? And how a, long is this going to last? Exactly. And it lasted like a good like minute. That's but, it. Yeah. I was like, all right, we're done. I was like, well, let's, let's just go back. I was just wait, like, you went back after a minute. Yeah. Okay, no, so I what, went back. I went back to, to go. But he kept dancing. No, hell no. I brought him with wait, me. Wait, wait. So the guys asked you guys to dance. Yeah. And my, you went for one minute and then you returned back to where you were. Yes. Okay. So what happened was that, I guess what I'm trying to say is like in that course of one minute, what happened? My boyfriend and I just looked at each other and we just like kind of moved together. Like, you know, we didn't always. Was it because the other guys other. were trying to like hump you? No, it was just the fact that I was, I was just over it. I was like, all right, cool. Get a couple steps in. There's, a couple I don't need. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be what, here for a whole Club song. Equinox? Like I don't need to be here just dancing. Like I don't. And were they really dancing? They were just moving. They were just moving their bodies, yeah, right? I think that's body. the other thing too that I think there's a big uh, uh, discrepancy in in the nightclub culture is there's dancing and there's kind of just moving your moving body. Your body, yep. And the majority of people just move their body. That's the truth. I'm learning a lot here. A lot of people <laughs> don't actually dance. You'll know the difference. You can see the, you you can can see the, difference. the difference right yeah, now. Yeah. And when I find myself bouncing my head, I know I'm in trouble. 
I know, I know there's, it's a matter of time before I leave, honestly, because if I'm bouncing my head, I'm doing kind of what everyone's doing. You can, you, know, you kind of stand off to the side and you just kind of bounce your head and you're trying to fit in or like be with the flow. Mm-hmm. But the reality is when I'm listening to music at home, I'm not like bouncing my head, you're right? Moving. Well, suddenly when we're in a club, we're like moving our head like to the beat, right? And then you look around and everyone's like, and then they may move like their legs for three seconds and then they go back to just bouncing their head, mm-hmm. right? While they have more drinks from the bar. It's, it's just, a, yeah, it's probably gotten worse now after COVID. Like this is the other piece is like going back for people who like don't even, you know, have an issue with alcohol or, or this applies to anyone. I think just kind of going back to a social life right now, it's weird because you already want to be in a setting where you feel accepted. Like I said, I was with my friends. So I already mm-hmm. felt accepted, but if I was going somewhere, I don't know, you know, that's the number one thing you kind of go in there and you kind of gauge do I fit in here? You know? And then like, if it's a no, you're going to start doing what you said, right? Bobbing my head, you know, what, whatever other thing that kind of, you know, vaping profusely or whatever it is that kind of makes you feel like, oh, I fit in here. Right. So it's, I I imagine it's hard for everyone now that, you know, we got used to being, and I got, I, I was working the whole through COVID obviously, but I was still like, my social life was reduced to like screens and my, all of a sudden I was talking to my grandma more than I've ever talked to. She became like, my, <laughs> that was my social life. Right. You know? So now even me going to that bar last week and I was like, oh, this is weird. You know, it's weird. So I, I bet that's, again, you went from, you went to an extreme New York, uh, gay pride, these after hours things. I think it's cool that you were able to kind of go to a few and see the difference. Well, yeah, they were all, I typically will go to daytime parties unless I travel internationally. Mm-hmm. Because internationally, like in Brazil, the party doesn't start till two or three. Right. So it's like that's, or in Europe, like mm-hmm. that's how it is. That's the culture. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. You dip in, go. But like uh, daytime parties are definitely more my speed. And what's the I, difference? Like what's a daytime? Well, besides this party I went to, <laughs> like normally, depending on where you go, you know, it's, it's, People, people typically like the freaks do come out at night, you know, it's like during the day they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. So, and it's interesting that like club, like clubs don't start at 5 PM or 6 PM. They start at like 1 AM, especially in New York. And I used to work in the clubs for years. So like, what were you doing in the club? Were you like a, I worked at a place called the Roxy. I started off as co-check, then I bartend. It was like the biggest gay club in New York. And then I promote a party called Joy, which is like a Friday night party. I used to be way into clubs, but I was more of like a raver style mm-hmm. clubber. Not so much um, what the gay, like I don't need to see another fan flapping <laughs> when I'm going to a club. I don't think that's cool so you're also so you also have the lens of like having that experience of being in the club industry and looking at them maybe part of why you go you go into you can't help yourself you're gonna look at it like from i would never throw an event like this well no i don't even think it's, it's more like i just don't sometimes i think what is considered like fierce is not what a lot of people think is fierce like Madonna performed at the rooftop at my hotel. 
And the video screens for three days were Madonna in the elevator, like there on the video was her like topless and saying, be fearless and courage. And I'm like, I can't relate to anything Madonna says. Like I like some of her music, but like that is not a representation of someone that represents gay pride to me. Right. Like, but for a lot of people, that's like an iconic woman where they're like, that's like, she performed at the hotel and my friend was like, God, I wish uh, I would have been there. And for me, I was like, I was so glad I was in bed. Like, what am I going to do? Be another person with my camera out holding up footage of Madonna that I'm never going to look back at. I mean, how many times have you guys gone to clubs or concerts? How often do we really look back at that footage on our phone? Never, never, never. Why does everyone record now? Now it's even, and maybe that's the other thing too, is it's even more awkward because half the people are taking photos or recording on their phone. So it's like, that's a whole other genre of like the club goer. Mm-hmm. where they're just doing photo after photo and you're like like I don't know what do you do with these photos you uh you you know show everyone what a great time yeah. you had the next who's day. they like everyone on your you're asking the wrong person everyone on social <laughs> media it's to show everyone that you're having such a great time and you're out partying and your life is yeah it's evidence it's, it's yeah it's just evidence. evidence that's all it is it's evidence that you go out yeah and yeah it helps build the case that you had a really good time. I don't know. How, I, f- I think it's more isolating, but, you know. I like went one, to a- thing is, one thing is doing that. Like, one thing is recording just the scenery. Another thing is, like, if I'm at a club and I'm going to record something, it's probably going to be my friend dancing, like, mm-hmm. going off. Because it's like, I'm having a good time if I'm, like, my friends are having a good time and they're dancing and they're having a good time. But another thing is just recording. How much party. did you record at that party you went to? The event. <laughs> one video, but it was to send to my partner's mom because she wanted to see that was it though because that was a big deal because <laughs> he was it. hosting the party yeah so she wanted to see she's like hey can you send me i want to see the you know that was it though that's all i recorded yeah no pictures no videos no boomerangs no nothing i don't know i just I, there's not something it's not something that i'm like oh my god i, I want to record this and look back at it a couple months from now do you what what do you all have coming up that uh you get some degree of anxiety thinking about that you have to go to um coming up like like any events or outings where you're like like oh that's gonna be a little uncomfortable or do you feel pretty clear uh orlando oh you're going to orlando i'm going to orlando in about a week and uh it's funny it's just it's been in my head uh, we're meeting a friend of mine. So my partner and I are going out there. My partner likes to drink, you know. Um, my friend is going from Miami and he likes to drink. And he's already, you know, I talked to him on the phone and he's like, girl, we're going to get fucked up. It's going to be lit. It's going to be so crazy. I'm bringing like three of my friends. Huh. Like it's going to be a party. It's, he's like, it's going to be so dope. And I'm just like, I already get anxiety because I'm like, you're a party animal. My boyfriend likes to drink. I'm like, it's like one of those things where I'm like, if this, it's it, people feed off of each other's energy. Like if this guy that I'm bringing in his whole posse is drinking, drinking, and my boyfriend, you know, just has a couple, one too many drinks, I'm already getting anxiety of like, oh my God, like what's going to happen? Like I'm already thinking of the worst. Like what if he gets drunk? What if like, 
you know, something happens? What if we can fight? Or what if like a fight breaks out there? Or like, I'm, I'm already thinking like the worst. I don't know. That's just, I, I, I'm already getting anxiety just like thinking about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Cause like I get anxious when, when I have to do things I don't want to, like jury duty makes me anxious. Not like going to a bar or something like that anymore. I think again, because like I got accustomed to it in such a way. I don't like clubs. So, but I. There is nothing worse. Or there are a lot of things worse, but it really sucks when you're sober and other people are like, there's lightly buzzed where the person you can feel on them a little bit of like, they could go over the edge with intensity if you said the wrong response mm-hmm. or they get a little like too blunt with their words. And then if people start to get really intoxicated like I've had moments where I've been around people that are really in, uh, a little bit intoxicated and I'm always like, God, this could look really bad on me. Like here I am like a coach and like, I don't know what this person like does something, you know, I'm thinking about myself, right? Cause I'm like, perhaps I should be thinking about them, but like it is difficult when you're sober to be around people that aren't because they turn into a different person and they actually believe that they're the same. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest issue is people who drink think that they're themselves or better or better. Yeah. Cause the anxiety has gone of like that social setting. That's all it does. It's not like it makes the party more fun. It just takes away your feelings about it. Yeah. Like I went, I did go to a bar. I should say I went with Eureka, Mm -hmm. David, Uh, invited me to the abbey and we hung out there and then there was another person at the bar and they were gonna drive home after like i don't know two to three drinks or something and i was like uber home and they're like no i'm good to drive and you know there's a lot of people like that you can't even convince them that they shouldn't be driving yeah (laughs) yeah that's a that's a slippery especially now it's like it's so much more convenient to not drive now. It's like so accessible. I remember at least back when I was drinking, it's like, it's called a cab, which was like, you know, with a pay phone. <laughs> and right. I'm young. I'm young. I'm 31. But, but yeah, there's like that confidence you're talking about, like of like that certainty of like, oh, I'm good. You know, I'm solid. That kind of, you know, or even worse, like my, my big thing is like, you know, when someone gets so drunk that they, they think everything's a fight. Like the person who's just ready to fight. Those mm-hmm. people scare me the most where it's like, you could be doing anything and it just feels like you're fighting, you know, or they're ready to just, you know, <laughs> those that's, that's guys, the worst. those guys, yeah, those guys are the, those are the ones just hanging on by a thread when you have a conversation with yeah, them. Yeah. Like when I went to the bear place. This guy's like, you're my coach. Yes. And I was <laughs> like, those. I was like, what? He goes, I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, cool. He's like, you're my coach. Like, is this an argument? Are you not my coach? Oh my God. And then in my head in that moment, I'm like, all right, how do I avoid yeah, how do I get any out conflict? Because he's yelling at me that I'm his coach. I don't know this guy, but he's grabbing me. And 
it's almost like, do I do a pirouette out of the, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I get out of this? And then I said, uh, instead I go, absolutely. I am your coach and it's so good to be coaching you. And I walked away and suddenly it like s- stopped him. Wow. Damn, I could see you doing that too. Pure- <laughs> Drunk people pure- are kind of like zombies. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they're the closest thing to a living zombie is a drunk person. You know, like they true. actually get away with too much in this life. It's it's insane because alcohol and not just such alcohol causes. I, let me ask you guys a question, by the yeah. way, um, where there's two moments that I that I had. So one was yesterday. I'm walking Vita and I go to the, the smoothie shop around the corner. I get like a, you know, a peanut butter cup, almond milk with whey protein. Nice. Yeah. Delicious. And I'm sitting outside waiting for my drink. You can now sit outside the smoothie place. We haven't been able to sit in 18 months, but I could now sit. So I was like, oh my God, I could sit in a chair somewhere in public, which has not been accessible here in Los Angeles. It's the little things. It's the little things. And these two young women... I don't know, probably like 19 to 20 are just smoking a joint next to me and like, and giggling. And like, they think it's really cool that they're smoking a joint and it smells right. I don't love the smell of weed, even though I used to smoke a lot. So the Karen in me Googled, can you smoke weed in public places? Like, I I don't know what the laws are, but I know you couldn't drink right there at the smoothie shop. Why are these people allowed to smoke weed? Well, you can't, right? But interestingly, it's just a hundred dollar fine. If you smoke weed in in a public in LA, it's $250. If you smoke weed in a place where smoking cigarettes isn't allowed, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can't smoke weed in public. You can't smoke weed when you're a passenger in the car, which I thought was interesting. You can't, you know, and I wanted to, they were just throwing this joint back and forth. And I get moments like this where I'm almost like, I wanted to say something. Uh-oh. I, I wanted to say something, but I didn't. Right. And I, and I find there's a situation a lot where it's like, it's, is it really worth it? Right. Like, is it really worth saying something or does it actually uh, just cause oneself more stress? Well, what would you have wanted to say? Um, like, what would be the intention? Well, there's, a, there, there's different options. I there's thought a lot of options. What would the current have you? And the you. Karen in me wanted to say, listen, kids, that's how I would have started. Wow. Rough. That's a rough start. Yeah. It's that's a, rough, a rough start. I was annoyed. They're giggling, cackling. I'm uh. smelling their janky weed. I'm just like, like, get your weed smoke out of my face is what I'm thinking. Like, and I just think it's disrespectful. And there's people that are trying to stop smoking weed and go do it in your like apartment. Mm-hmm. Like what you're doing in such a, like, um, look at me way. Oh, I see they like Takashi six nine, their smoking of weed, right? So, I wanted to say, hey, and it's my neighborhood. It's a block away from my house. 
So one thought was, listen, kids. Another opening was, hey, as someone who lives here. Another was, hey, um, I know you guys are having fun, but um, I don't want to smell your weed when I'm sitting here with my dog. Like, I, I didn't know what to say. And I don't think the, and who am I really, it's not like these girls are going to stop smoking weed. Exactly, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. But yet I'm like sitting there and I'm like really overthinking it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's ruining like, this, your first seat in a year. It's not ruining. <laughs> it's more like, um, when is it appropriate to set boundaries with strangers? And oh yeah, it's a delicate. There's a delicate way with, to do it. with any boundaries with any strangers, yeah. right? It's one thing if it's a friend. I'll be like, dude, just you're coming over. I have friends over. Smoke at your house, or and I, and I don't even know if I I care that much. Like I have friends who smoke weed. It's not it's not a big deal. It's more when it's a problem. It's a big deal, right? Like mm-hmm. it, when it's a problem in their life, then it, there's a difference between spending time with someone or not. But I just kind of thought, you know, we're in this culture where people are like, wear a mask. Don't like I got yelled at the airport when I got picked up for not having my mask on by a kid who reported me to TSA. And so I had to put my mask back on (laughs) while I'm in baggage claim after traveling for six hours with a mask on and being in taxis with a mask on. And um, but it's just interesting around like how to set boundaries with strangers, especially when people are intoxicated. Mm. You know, like it's almost always, a, almost always better to just avoid. Yeah. 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 At all costs. It's my mantra. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, but yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is right? your mantra. No, not really. I'm more like interested, right? You know me. I And you know me pretty well. It's like, I'm more like, I'll look at a situation. I'll just like, I'm like obsessed with human behavior, like why people do things and mm-hmm. what motivates them. But really all it takes is like, I saw a dude on a unicycle the other day and like, I realized I know nothing about human behavior despite all these years of studying it. It's like, but like, I'll look at that and I get the urge. I, I understand the urge of like wanting to say things and stuff, but I'm always like, yeah, what's the point? And I'm not as confrontational. Everything like that kind of stuff feels confrontational. These strangers, people are unpredictable. Yep. You know what Max. I mean? Well, I think, I think the takeaway from our conversation today and, and, and having it is, um, disco's bad. <laughs> disco, I'm kidding, I'm disco should have <laughs> stayed in the seventies. There's some good disco. The takeaways there's are, good disco. um, you know, try different environments and it's not the end of the world when it's a shitty experience, mm-hmm. uh, figure out what environments are going to bring out your best self or relationships or connections. Um, at all costs, try to avoid putting yourself in situations that ultimately could lead to stress or anxiety that are unhealthy for you. And you don't need to like fake it till you make it. You can fake it one time and then you have to kind of pivot. Um, it's okay to, um, uh, avoid at all costs, uh, situations that, um, could ultimately lead in, um, you know, shitty experiences in life and, um, staying sober is the easiest path. 
to uh, making decisions that you don't regret. So, you know, I just uh, wanted to talk to you guys about my trip, and I, I thought it was good, Samson, for you to come in since you are a therapist over at Cast Centers. You've worked with me a long time. Tony knows what's up with going to kind of these gay clubs and these environments and, um, you know, how to, how to navigate them because I'm talking about being a gay man going to a, a gay club, but the same thing could be for someone who's really into football and goes to tailgate parties or mm. someone who, you know, hangs out with people from church and what they do on Saturdays, you know, like everyone has their different environments where they need to stay safe. So, um, Thank you guys. And uh, I'm going to do a podcast. I just need to plan it on all of these fake profiles of me. And I want to do a setup. Um, So anyone listening, uh, DM me or send on Facebook all the fake profiles of me because there's hundreds of them. And we're going to try to prank, not prank call, but try to set it up where I bring in a woman. Um, Aaron, maybe you could be the woman who's speaking to them. Um, And completely attracted to this person and my guess is this is horrible i'm I'm making i think these people live in nigeria i'm just gonna say it (laughs) it'll be an interesting episode all right well click to subscribe share this podcast or anything of it i love it when you share it on instagram and tag me so i can reshare it and make sure to follow tony direct samson doesn't use the social media but he's over at cast centers and lots of love and come visit Keep it magical till next time. Bye. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnoses, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.